Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here from the Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, it will just be me. There's no guests coming on the show today. This is a solo episode, and I'm doing a deep dive in using Twitter ads to grow your podcast. Now, in the last month or so, I've spent $10,000 on Twitter ads promoting my own podcast and the podcasts of the clients we manage at Vela Media. Now, what I want this episode to be is really your insight into the results that have come from that my thoughts on the platform itself, the pros and cons, and ultimately, if this is going to be a good avenue for you to grow your show, because I see a lot of opportunity here, and it's a very interesting time in Twitter ads, which I think you have the opportunity to take advantage of. Now, before we get into the episode itself, I just want to let you know that we've actually just built out a new quiz at Valor Media. Often I'm asked, like, how does my show compare to yours? How does my tactics and strategy compare to what you're doing at Valor Media? And it's a really good question. And I remember when I was first starting out, that I really wanted to know that I was doing the same things as the people who had really successful shows. Like if I model the successful behaviors and strategies of the most successful podcasts, then I'm much more likely to have a successful podcast myself. So you can take this quiz and get a score to see how your show compares and stacks up against what we do at Fellow Media. So I'll make sure to include a link in the description. You can come through and do that quiz and then you'll have a real insight to that itself. So let's head over to the episode now and do a deep deep dive sorry, into how Twitter ads can be used and specifically the results from the $10,000 I just have spent on Twitter ads. Okay, let's get into this episode. Now, this episode will actually be the first of many that I do in this style. Something I'm looking to bring to this podcast is we're going to run a lot of tests and experiments on my own show and then report back to you, the listeners of this podcast. And I think this is going to be particularly valuable content because I've already spent $10,000 here learning what is working and not working. And you get to take advantage of my testing and implement that in your own show if it's right for you. And I'm going to do this one on Twitter ads, as you already know, but there will be more of these episodes on different things as we progress from here. So the story of like why I picked Twitter ads uh, in the first place is important. And I want to open this up for context here. At the start of this year, I had been met by a lot of frustrations organically on social media. I realized that my team was putting more and more effort into doing well on social media, but we were not necessarily getting the rewards we used to get. And we're actually in a decline for this show organically. And to give you some context, we were spending more and more hours creating square images for some platforms and rectangle ones for others. Or we might create a short snippet video for two minutes on Twitter, but then do a longer one on Facebook or on LinkedIn. And overall, the cost of that labor was going up through the roof. But then when we were posting things, 12 people might see it or 30 people might see it. So we weren't necessarily seeing the results we wanted from the effort we were putting in. And when we looked in hindsight from years ago, it was the same stuff we were doing. It just used to perform a lot better. And I think if you talk to a lot of podcasters or anyone who's in marketing these days, they're experiencing the same thing. They're seeing the writing on the wall that organically on social is much harder. And I'm not saying it can't work, but you certainly have to put in more effort and do it very, very differently. On the reverse, what we were seeing that was working particularly well is ads. 
and podcast amplification is something that became very, very appealing. And if you think about it, of course, the social media networks want to look after the people who pay them. And there's this really interesting combination where if you make great content that their platform, people on the platform want to consume and you pay them, like you cross over into this world where you can get really, really great results. And that's something we've been seeing. If we make a good piece of content that our audience wants to consume and we run ads behind that on the platforms, we're getting a much better result. Now, why we picked Twitter specifically and why I've been going more aggressively after Twitter is that I had also noticed that Facebook ads is heavily saturated and popular. There's a lot of people doing Facebook ads. It definitely does work and you will see more podcast content on this show about podcast ads, but no one was really talking about Twitter and I wanted to segment that and give it a good test for myself. I'd also noticed that Facebook ads were becoming harder and harder to get compliant for, meaning it was harder to get your ads approved and onto that platform. So I wanted to have this backup. I was like, well, if Facebook ads, for whatever reason, if we can't use it, is Twitter ads the option we can go to? Is this something we can use for our podcast to grow, whether Facebook is here or not? And I know a lot of people have risk in Facebook ads right now. I know a lot of people are reliant on Facebook and Facebook ads for their business or podcast to work. And I don't want my shows to be in that category. I want to have other avenues to go down. I want to have other things to look at. So that's how this came to be. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Matt Wolf, who actually recommended Twitter ads to me. Um, Anytime Matt says anything, I massively respect his opinion on internet marketing and he's got a fantastic podcast hustle and flowchart which i'm a big fan of as well so this is a little kind of bringing some context to the episode i will share more of the results of spending the ten thousand in this next bit from here but hopefully this will set some context for you okay let's look at the test and the strategy that i have run here and give you some insights to how i have thought about this The way I have thought about Twitter ads is that we wanted to see if we could successfully increase our podcast downloads, if we could grow our email list and then also grow our site traffic. And that's how we were kind of gauging things here. So the measure of like, is this successful or not successful is in those three categories. And if we were seeing a gain in those areas, then we knew we were doing the right things and this is something we would do more of. So how I approached it, let's go into this from here. Specifically, what I first looked for on Twitter ads is how could I target people? How could I actually ensure that this is going to be a platform where I can get in front of the people I want to get in front of? So when it comes to targeting on Twitter ads, what I think is absolutely fantastic is they have this real mix of things you can do. Now, they've got the demographic stuff, so countries, ages, uh, devices, a whole bunch of things like that that is pretty universal on these ads networks. But what makes this really unique is that you can actually layer that with specific Twitter handles, which means if someone is on Twitter and they have a following on Twitter, you can actually target the people who follow that person. Now, it operates at such a granular level that is not available on other platforms like Facebook ads. And when I first noticed this, this is what made it particularly appealing because in my own show and some of the shows we manage is there's not necessarily many great Facebook interests to target, but there are definitely influencers and other podcast hosts that we could go after. So in the targeting component, what I really looked for is going after people who were essentially in the same niche as me as a podcast number one. So I looked for other podcasters who had a 
a similar show to mine and they were the audiences I was going to go or there was some client ones where it was like competitive podcasts and again some really powerful stuff there the second category I looked at was who were the influencers in my market that my audience follows so looking for the authors the speakers the people that are writing books and doing courses I think are particularly interesting here and I made that category as well of going like who are the most influential people and then the last one I looked into was who are the companies that they use so for my show particularly and I'll use me as the example here because I have permission to disclose my own stuff but I was looking at okay well Spotify for podcasters that's a brand designed for people who have podcasts that'd be a really good one for me and I built this list out and that is the audience I went after. The second thing I really looked for in a targeting point of view is could I target people that were specifically on mobile and using iOS? So people who are using Apple iPhones. And what I wanted to test is could I drive traffic from mobile phones or an iPhone in this example straight to Apple iTunes and get them to subscribe. So that was one thing I looked at. And then the second thing I looked at here is could I drive traffic to my website to get people to consume content there as well. And that really talks about where I was sending the traffic. So when we look at this, I was targeting people in these specific camps and then I was looking to either take them directly to iTunes to subscribe or I was looking to take them to my website to consume some more episodes uh, there or bring them onto my email list from there. And it's definitely achievable on Twitter. And I think this is a really powerful thing about Twitter is you have that type of access to targeting, which makes it quite unique. The second thing is I want to talk a little bit into the creative here. So at the first component here, we talked about like who we're going to reach. Now I thought about, well, what am I going to put in front of these people? So if there definitely is my audience on Twitter, what can I put in front of them to actually create a successful ad here? And the way I approached it was in a couple of categories. So number one is I decided to use a short video from my podcast or a snippet as we call it. So I would take a little teaser clip of two minutes and 19 seconds because you cannot do longer than two minutes and 19 seconds for a Twitter video at the moment. And I would put that on in the hope that someone would watch it, go, oh, that actually seems really interesting. I'd love to see this full episode. And they would take those next steps there. The part after that, or the next thing I tried was I would separately record a video. So just a little video, again, under two minutes and 20 seconds or two minutes and 19 seconds at a match and run that video and see if I could create a video ad to send people to the podcast. And that combo of video has been really strong on all the ad networks. So if you're doing any ads at all at the moment, video ads are the strongest in my opinion. So I wanted to start with that. The other side of things is we've also tested image ads. So to bring in some mix, because I know some people don't do video with their podcast or aren't willing to record little short videos, which you should. Um, so I wanted to bring something else into that as well. So we actually looked at the other side of here is of like, could we just use a image as the ad? So use an image of maybe the podcast and the guest on the podcast with a link to listen to the full episode as well. So that was the creative I looked at. Now, one of the questions I get all the time is about audiograms and if they run any well. Overwhelmingly, I've had no success using audiograms as ads, and I don't think they actually lend themselves well to social media ads. I think you want to be on video or image, and I really would avoid audiograms in general. I just don't think they're designed for the platforms themselves. Audio ads might be a fantastic option if you're doing something like Spotify ads, where it's designed for audio. But in the world of social media, I think video and image is key and that's what you want to be leaning into particularly.
So that was who I was targeting or the groups of people I was targeting in my example or how I was thinking about targeting. And then this is where the creative component. Now, one of the things with Twitter you've got to keep in mind as well is I've spoken about using video or an image, um, but there's also some text to go with this. And the way we were doing it is you've only got a very limited amount of text you can put into Twitter, which is its thing. So what I've been going with and has been working really well is very short and punchy curiosity-based tweets. So I'd be looking for like the title of the episode or something really short and punchy that would get someone very curious to know more. My whole objective is to write something where someone would want to watch the video or click through to listen to this uh, episode in itself. And then I was putting a link in that tweet as well. Another thing I'll mention here, what I really like about Twitter is because it's a platform that is so condensed, it's, you've only got very limit, limited characteristics to work with or characters to work with that people are actually used to posting links. I actually think Twitter is probably more link friendly than Facebook, where in Facebook, people write out these massive posts. They might write out a whole blog post on Facebook where someone would just give a link to the blog post on Twitter. And for me personally, I've realized that's the objective. It's not to keep people on there. I want to see if I can move people to my audio or to iTunes or particularly to my website or onto my email list. So I think it's a really unique characteristic where because the posts are so small and short that people are used to clicking. It's a platform that is designed for clicking. And then the other thing I wanted to mention here is that Twitter is a very mobile platform. There's certainly a lot of people that use uh, Facebook, particularly more as a desktop or YouTube on desktop, where I feel like Twitter is one that is pre predominantly a mobile platform. And when you think about it, this is a good thing for podcasters because podcasting is a mobile platform. So the alignment there really worked well for me. So this is how I've thought about um, the actual creative side as well. All right, let's talk about budget. So when I was starting with Twitter ads, I hadn't actually run them before, so I didn't necessarily have an expectation of how much to spend or what would be appropriately. So what I actually did is I started every campaign I built on $10 a day, and then I would see how it would do, and then either keep it at that for more data, so the longer I ran it, the more data I would accumulate, or I would start scaling it up. And then after I'd spent maybe $50 on a campaign, if it wasn't yielding a result comparable to another campaign, I would turn it off. Um, and then of course, increase my spend on the winners. So for the first couple, I just kind of ran a baseline test. So it's been $10 a day for a week promoting a podcast episode and see how it did. And then next week I would spend $10 a day promoting a different podcast episode. And I would compare it in the categories we looked at before. So did we get clicks to our website and was it growing our website traffic? Could I see an impact on our omni stats of people increasingly uh, downloading our podcast? And then were people getting on our email list itself. And I ran this across a lot of campaigns and really scaled it up to look to understand this. And if you're someone that's thinking about Twitter ads, honestly, I think $5 a day is enough to put into this to yield some result. But I really like the scalability that is available here. So Twitter ads is something that I'm seeing now is you can spend $100, $200 a day on and really yield a good volume of traffic ad. And I will also point out that why we ran this Twitter test, we actually stopped 
stopped posting organically on social media just to make sure that the data we got was as accurate as possible. And then to look at that as well. So I'm judging on my own show here, we started running ads or Twitter ads for a select group of clients at Velomedia as well, who I wanted to compare against what was happening for me. And they were seeing some great results from this type of strategy as well. So I guess I could give it away at this point if you're this far in. Overwhelmingly, I think Twitter ads for a podcast is a winner. I really think it is something that can be used to grow a podcast in the categories I've mentioned. And as we started to roll it out, it was quite interesting that the results we saw um, were different on the platform. So for example, and just to put some insight into that, I noticed my show uh, after maybe promoting four episodes, there was a bit of a benchmark I had created. And depending on what niche you're in, that benchmark was different. So I'm in podcasting, which is very, very niche and actually more expensive to reach. But some of our clients who were broadly in health or marketing or wealth did much better than my show because their audience is so much more bigger and there's more content being consumed here. So very, very interesting insights on that one itself. But that's how we kind of thought about budgeting from there. All right, um, scrolling into that, after we'd run some campaigns uh, across here, I wanted to test out the remarketing platform on Twitter. So Twitter's got this really interesting thing uh, that other platforms have, but I hadn't tested it here, where if you're running video ads on Twitter, you can actually target people who've watched a percentage of your video. So to give you an idea, if I had to put a two minute video on Twitter and someone had consumed more than a minute of that, I can actually put those people into a group and target people who've consumed some of my content. Very similar to what you can do on Facebook ads, but unique as I hadn't tried it here. This was a bit of a game changer. So what we actually did here is that after we had a certain amount of people that had watched uh, our ads, we'd also made sure that we would show people who had consumed more than 50% of one of our videos, we'd show them more of our videos. We'd actually make sure they see the ads to other episodes and to resources and downloads on our website. And this is where some of the magic happens. And I noticed this strategy is particularly powerful as well, is the idea that you could run a whole bunch of short videos on Twitter, build an audience of people that have watched 50% of them, and then make sure they are the people that are actually seeing your next steps of content or seeing other episodes. And this is probably one of the things I would recommend if you are looking at Twitter ads is to make sure you take advantage of the remarketing itself. The other thing I'll mention why I'm here is that Twitter does have conversion tracking and remarketing tags. So if you're someone that wants to do Twitter ads, you can also make sure to remarket people that hit your website or put conversion tracking on the opt-ins or downloads you've got on your website because you can actually measure that stuff as well, which is really powerful to know. And I'm quite happy they've got that in. So that was a really good thing to notice as well. Again, proving to have the power of these platforms from here. So when I look at this on a results level, and this is what I'll say from here is that for me, it was an overall win. We got substantial increases in downloads uh, over the months we ran them. We noticed our podcast had grown substantially uh, against the previous month when we hadn't done it. It was up about 25% to give you some context. We're going pretty hard on the ads, obviously spending a bit of money here, but it was nice to see that it was a direct correlation to podcast growth in downloads. 
The next thing is we did actually uh, make sure to track analytics on our website and we could see Twitter as a source. It previously hadn't even been on our radar or noticeable in our Google Analytics. We could see that people were coming through to our website from here as well, which was just a, such a win. And then our email list was growing. So of getting people to our site and then also sending them to downloads. Over the month, we collected a substantial amount of emails. I was only running Twitter ads at this point. We weren't running anything else organically and I didn't want to uh, mix things with Facebook ads. So really worked out well to see that as well. Some of our clients we were running ads for as well. They didn't have as good a data because they didn't turn off other marketing methods while they were doing this. But nonetheless, is they saw an improvement as well, which just was a nice little secondary check that it wasn't me operating in isolation here. This could really be something that um, universally was working better and better. So it was quite good to see the results had come well from them. The next thing I'll go into from here is I wanted to do a bit of a pros and cons list here of going like, you know, what's the good and the bad of Twitter ads? So in the pros list, it's cheap. I'll start out from here is that when I measured the cost of traffic uh, against Facebook ads, uh, which I think is a comparable thing or a benchmark, because we've done a bit of that as well, is it's about half to a third of the price against Facebook ads for the same thing. And I'm actually running some tests at the moment of comparing doing the same type of strategy on both. And this is becoming uh, more true, I think, over time. The second thing is I'll look at from here is the targeting. I think the targeting at this granular level, being able to go after other podcasters uh, in my niche was really powerful and just getting to be able to target influencers that I wouldn't be able to get on Facebook ads necessarily or YouTube necessarily. Uh, was also really impressive. So I think the targeting is great here and actually better than some of the other networks. Next thing in the pros list, heavily geared towards mobile. I really, really like that as what I've mentioned in this episode already is that Twitter is a platform that is mobile friendly. Um, podcasting is a mobile platform as well. So I think mobile platforms, working with mobile platforms is a win. Next thing, because of the character limit on the tweets, I think that that is such a win for putting links in. I think Twitter is link friendly. If you look at this as well. Something else I really like is that if you already know how to do Facebook ads, then you will already know how to do Twitter ads. So it appears Twitter has modeled Facebook ads particularly well here. And I think it's interesting that Twitter have really just looked at what's working elsewhere and gone, this is the approach we need to take to make it easy for people to start using it. And that is true. I think anyone who's done anything with Facebook ads in the past will know how to do this in instinctively, I think is the word. But if you're someone that's never ran ads, before. This is something you can pick up in a day. It wasn't overly hard to find your way around Twitter. They have uh, some good training within their ads platform as well. And there's also some free tutorials on YouTube on how to do anything I've mentioned in this episode, which I thought was quite good as well. Compliance is much easier than Facebook. I think it was quite interesting that we could get video ads running in an hour on Twitter versus sometimes taking 24 hours on Facebook. And we also noticed we could be much more aggressive with our headlines. We could write things that we couldn't get through on Facebook itself. Now, for people that don't know about compliance, Facebook actually, they heavily restrict what you can and cannot put in your text uh, in Facebook or what you can and cannot say in your videos. And I understand why they do it. They want to keep their platform family friendly, but it appears Twitter doesn't have the same technology in place to monitor it or necessarily the same policies uh, that, that Facebook may have. So if you're someone that's in more of an edgy niche, so maybe you're in uh, a business op 
or maybe you're in something that's uh, a niche that's harder to get approved on Facebook, I think Twitter could be a very real good option for you. And I think getting through compliance more easily is fantastic. Next thing that was a big pro for me was the remarketing. I think the remarketing is so, so good on Twitter, as good as Facebook. And to have that availability for that, I think is such a win that really highlighted it. And then conversion tracking, to be able to measure the money I'm being spent on Twitter and say, are people downloading or buying things is a huge win as well. And they've really upped their game here, which I think is sensational, as good as Facebook on the conversion tracking as well. Let's look into the cons. Uh, the cons are you are very limited with how long the videos you can post are. I would love to see the ability to post longer video on Twitter. If they did introduce that, I think that'd be a win for podcasters. It's not essential, but again, two minutes, although it can seem like a long video in some people's world in podcasting, it's such a short amount of time to put content together and have an impactful punch. The character limit. I would love to be able to put a few more words in, make longer posts to be more uh, persuasive. Let's put it that way. But again, this does have some advantages as well of like being great for putting links out. It's certainly buggy. I will say this as well. I noticed a few times that I had to re uh, flush my cache, restart my browser and refresh to get things to work. And sometimes if there was multiple people, so myself and one of my team working on an account, we would often get some conflict as well. I'm sure they're gonna resolve this over time as it becomes more and more advanced, but there are certainly some bugs and just some things you have to work through um, to get things working on there. And then lastly, it is missing some of the advanced features of YouTube ads or Facebook ads. It's in its infancy still when you compare it to these other platforms, but I think down the road, all of this stuff will be resolved as well. So it's a very exciting time uh, for Twitter ads and particularly, I think as they grow, it's gonna become more and more advantageous. All right, let's speak into the results and my verdict on Twitter ads. So when I look at this across my own show and the podcast we look after at Valor Media, yes, the way I was measuring it, every show we ran Twitter ads on saw a result from website traffic, downloads, and also from opt-ins onto the email list. And that's how I'm gonna judge it. I think that it was successful in doing that. Some shows were more expensive than others, but it did meet my expectations on you can achieve that. Now, if I look into my own show, downloads were up about 25% of the month. Now, keep in mind that that is compared to organic and I am spending money on Twitter ads, but I think that is a great result. I was quite happy to see how much the downloads had grown from Twitter ads. And when I look at this to break it down, I mentioned earlier in the episode, I was running some traffic direct to Apple iTunes for people using iPhones and then some to my website. They both worked well. I was quite happy with both of them. And I'm going to continue to run both those style of ads and keep doing more and more here because in my Omni, which is my podcast hosting, I can see results coming from my Apple subscribers growing and people on an Apple device consuming. And I want more of that to happen. And then on the other side, I'm happy to get people to my website because there's the opportunity to get them on my email list as well. And for them to see other things on our website, which I think is also um, a great thing. Plus they can consume video on our website, which they can't in taking them to Apple. So I'm going to keep running both. I think running both was a good move for us. The other side of that, you know, judging from site traffic, I could see that 
Twitter ads wasn't really registering in our Google Analytics before. It's not something I'd even noticed or paid attention to. I wasn't using the platform particularly myself and that it just wasn't meeting high up on the list to get my attention. It is now a bigger player. It's now one of the ones where I noticeably see website traffic coming from Twitter and Twitter ads, which again, meets my expectation. I think it's very feasible to be getting uh, traffic from Twitter ads to your website for under a dollar a click. In some examples, I've got traffic for like 10 and 15 cents a click on some of the ads we have run. So as I mentioned before, compared to Facebook, very, very cheap here. And I think getting website traffic at that level can be great. As for growing the email list, Absolutely. We had people opt into our stuff straight from Twitter ads. So I was running remarketing ads, as I mentioned before, and taking them to some of the resources and downloads on our website. I know many of you who listen to this show have also got like downloads and opt-ins you would love people to be consuming more of. And I think running remarketing ads particularly worked well for us. I also see there's probably a good opportunity in just running ads to grow your email list on Twitter ads. But for the sake of this experiment, I haven't necessarily got into that. Uh, too much more. So in those areas, it all met my expectations. I will be spending more of my marketing budget on Twitter ads uh, going forward. So if you are on the platform, you probably will see more of my ads as well. So that's what I kind of think about from here. As for the clients, the data isn't as good here because they didn't turn off other marketing methods. So for example, they kept doing organic, they kept running Facebook ads where I was kind of prepared to be more extreme than them. But nonetheless, in what I can track, it was very, very worth doing. So for some of our clients, they've now moved some of their marketing budget from other platforms onto Twitter ads now that they're seeing how it can be approached and what can be done here as well. So when I look at that as well, you'd have to overwhelmingly say this is a new avenue you that's worth pursuing for many podcasters that they may not have considered. Should you use it? And I've thought about this is that if someone asked me, should I be doing Twitter ads? How would I answer this question? I would say it for this. If you can get on Twitter and have a look at other podcasts in your niche and the influences in your niche, and you can see that they're active and building pages and you can target those people, then it's certainly worth testing. I really think that is where you will get the most results is if there is already other podcasts there or already other people on there. And I remember back to a previous episode of this podcast is you don't want to be double selling people. I think that's such a mistake. So you don't want to convince someone that they should be following you on Twitter and then they should subscribe to your show. You really want to tap into where your audience already is. So if you can justifiably see where your podcast audience is on Twitter, if you can see them on Twitter, then you should definitely give it a go. I think this is the way of the future for many podcasters, including myself. So this has been a bit of a deeper dive into Twitter ads. Uh, I hope I've been able to share some insights and things that will help you make a decision if Twitter ads is right to help you. If you have any questions about Twitter ads, then please reach out to me. I'm happy to respond and even uh, offer some suggestion if you're unsure in if it's right for you. But that's it for this episode. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting.